It's Friday, and uh, we're trying something different today. For the pod to be named later um, at some point, uh, Nico is efforting to find a name for us. But we are here today um, to do something a little bit different. Uh, As a lot of people know, Mm -hmm. uh, my mother died last Saturday, and we are starting a series where we're trying to cope with everything in life, you know, relationships, jobs, our own worth in this world. You know, how do we see ourselves? But today we're going to talk about um, the passing of my mother, uh, how it kind of all went down, how we kind of dealt with it, uh, our feelings through the whole thing. And everybody here who I am about to introduce to you. And if you are watching this on YouTube, man, thank you so much. This means a lot to us. Uh, this is a real, um, it's going to be a real hard pod, but I think we're going to have some laughs through it too. But today joining me is the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons. And for this podcast, the Canadian son. Loretta Curran, Nico Miotello. Nico, what's up? I not much. That that might be the most flattering intro you've gave me yet, and you called me Oprah before, so I I definitely appreciate it. Oh, my mom would love to be compared to Oprah, so you are you are uh, literally kissing up to her early, which is great. She always loved that about you, so good. Oh, definitely, I'm. <clears throat> Uh, I'm definitely very impacted by this entire situation, and I'm I'm glad that we're finally here to all talk about it. But I think you buried the lead a little on. Oh no! Oh no! We say the best for last. That's how we do it. Also joining us is a person that uh, I kind of talked about this when it kind of all went down. Um, My wife Belinda Carter is here in the building. Uh, she is not a rookie to this podcasting thing. Um, in the old QPPN days, uh, we did this quite often. So this is a welcome surprise and also welcome addition to our little group here. Belinda, how are you? So she's actually sitting in the room where my mom died. Uh, We're trying to give you this uh, video medium and this podcast medium. And, uh, you know, this is how we have to kind of set it up right now. We don't have the fancy studios as the ringer, but we are doing our best. Looks awesome to me. So so we'll kind of go through a little timeline. Uh, I don't want to get crazy into it, but... uh, um, this struggle probably started in January. Um, the real struggle started in January, where um, essentially my mom basically drowned onto herself. She had a heart issue that was complicated by aneurysm that was uh, from her clavicle to her groin area. 
that was taking up space in a four foot ten to a four foot eleven body that weighed maybe about a hundred pounds. So just imagine this growth, you know, in in a body of a gymnast. And then, hey, we want you to breathe, and we want you to pump blood through your entire body. Might might be an issue there. And uh, the funny thing about it is, is if we go back to 2017, um, I've talked on this podcast a lot about my issues with alcohol. My mother also struggled for a long time with it. Unfortunately, the day before her surgery in 2017, she drank. And she coded on the table, and then she coded twice uh, afterwards. And the doctor at that point in time told me we could not get all of it. So I believe that the actual culprit is probably the aneurysm that exacerbated everything else. So we fast forward to January and she wants to still do stuff. That's the thing that was so awesome that my wife and I came to realize is at the end when it was all over. She was still going to the bathroom on her own independently. She was still walking around independently and literally until her body gave out on her, which was the last day. So the incredible strength that she showed through this process um, will definitely be discussed. Um, And then... You know, the next phase, which I'll have Belinda kind of talk about, which was the last day. Um, we watched, she watched the Laker game with my mom, with my mom, so, which was awesome. Uh, and then Saturday happened. So, uh, I'll have you take it from there because there was a couple hours where I was asleep, I believe, so.
Um, actually, I'm gonna cue in uh, Nico here. As this is going on, we're we're real time with Nico. Um, yeah. Nico is being called. Um, because as all of this is going on, <laughs> there are pods being put up. Yeah, work is still going on mm-hmm. because she wanted it that way. Yeah, she'd be mad at us otherwise. <laughs> She really wanted her AFC North preview, Nico. Yeah. Uh, her beloved Steelers, she really wanted it. Oh, man. The, um, the funny part about all of it is that I'm telling my partner, Nico, mm-hmm. in real time. So he is now also coming to grips with what is going on. So, Nico, I haven't really had a chance to you know, walk that, walk through you, walk with you through that. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> tell me, like, okay, you're getting these updates. What What are your thoughts at this point? Uh, a lot of my thoughts were a, around just being concerned for you guys and the struggle you were going through. But um, when... When I get in situations like this, like we feel like there's some sort of impending a doom or or bad situation coming, I my brain tends to latch on to moments, especially in sports, a lot. I I have uh, a, a whole lot of memories, including uh, J- the Rockets trading for James Harden on one of my worst nights. Um, me getting diagnosed with MS on the day the Steelers drafted Terrell Edmonds. And like every every day and with every game that happened towards the end, I, I would get nervous that is this the game I'm going to forever associate with Loretta's passing. And it definitely continued to add like a further level of struggle to my my own viewing experience. But it was mostly out of concern for not only her, but you guys as well and everything that came afterwards. So now we, uh, we take you to a point where uh, people are showing up. Um, people from the, our church that we go to, uh, Jamie Recker, who was a longtime friend. Oh, Loretta. And here is the little piece of woven life tapestry through this deal. Jamie is the one who got my mom to go to church, go to her church. So my mom had been attending Bethany for a while, even with her struggles through alcoholism. My mom was the catalyst for me to go to Bethany Church and then also get my life together and go into the Long Beach Rescue Mission. So my sobriety and my faith is tied to Jamie Recker, who brought my mom, brought who then brought me, who brought me to faith, who brought me to this church where I met my wife. So my mom was tied into all of it. And 
you know, as you start to put all the pieces together when this is coming to the end, it's just a really beautiful tapestry of just a section of your life and a person that seems to be very integral to it in a way where it wasn't domineering. It wasn't Sledgehammer, which was mostly her style. As we go on today, um, a couple other things we'll talk about is what she did in the last six to seven weeks of her life. And we'll talk about that as we go along. Um, Belinda, how long did you lay there? Because it was 10 hours, if you want to know. It was 10 hours you laid there. Yes. And then we get to a point of the struggle is just, it's too much for me to bear at this point. And, uh, you know, she's gone, or I, I, I feel that she's gone. And I take my wife outside, and we pray. And at that point, we're praying for strength and just discernment and to honor this, my mother's wishes with, uh, she didn't want to be with tubes and all of this. She didn't want any of that. So went outside, took a deep breath, prayed, and then went in and uh, turned off the oxygen machine that was really breathing for her at that point. And um, literally two minutes later, she was gone. I was able to feel like her last heartbeat, her last breath. And it was, she was gone. And that was it. It was merciful, and it was something that, through this whole ordeal, I knew that this was what I was designated to do. Now, (laughs) she is gone, and we are not even a week, and so I guess Nico... Tell me, like, some of, like, because I know you told me off air yeah, some of the struggles you've had, but, like, what's your, 
what what some what are some of the things that you like drift to and then like what are some of the things that maybe like kind of okay i can't stay here can't stay in this so what are you doing when you do drift to thoughts that aren't fantastic and you're grieving and also understand grieving is part of the process we're not saying not grieve because I'm doing it and I'm trying what I'm also trying to do is take steps every single day. So grieve and take steps. So where are you? What are you doing? Well <laughs> how's it going? I I too like I I try and do my best to acknowledge grief where I can. And I I try and work through it, but I, I struggle in my brain sometimes getting caught in those grief loops where <clears throat> you just are thinking about the same thing over and over again. And when you get finally get to the end of thinking through it, you just start right back up in the beginning. So often, uh, one, one way that I turned to pretty co- consistently as a kid was video games. And now I've actually been able to use that to help my fiance Shannon as well, but again, again tie, tying it back, it's the world of sports is the thing that can free my mind up the most because it allows it to expand and actually like go down rabbit holes that are productive for me. Realistically, I understand for others they might not be, but it it helps me quite a bit. I, I just wanted to touch on one other thing you mentioned there. I know a lot in your early life, it wasn't all <clears throat> the greatest, but the fact that in, in your late years and the years you're happiest, your mother was the guiding light to bring you not only to the church and the faith that you treasure so deeply, but also help you find your wife. That's amazing that even, even though it might've took her sometimes to figure out how to be a mother by the end, she took care of her son. And that, that just warms my heart so much. Yeah. We were going back over the timeline and we were going back over some of the things that happened. And, uh, you know, it was, it just, it hit all, all at the same time. It was like all these pictures just start flashing. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Okay. So the woman who wanted to control everything literally got to orchestrate this whole deal (laughs) through God, through through God. So when they talk about Esther and they talk about Sarah and we see things in the world now, we see women doing like incredible things, you know, incredible, brave things, um, incredible feats of of just grace and, and eloquence in, in times of um, great hardship. Um, yes. My mother was able to do all of these things. And yes, I am uh, aware and grateful. And, uh, you know, I guess meddling does work. <laughs> meddling does work. 
So for all you moms out there who say, well, kind of let the kid do what it, no, my mom never believed in that. Never, ever, ever. She believed in the thumb and trying to work crevices and whatever. She, that's what she did. So yeah, she was really just awesome when it came to that. And speaking of, um, so how my significant other here. So now it's been a week, close to a week. Melinda, how, how's it going for you? Because the other part for you that I want to talk about is how you have to not only grieve for my mother, Loretta, your mother, basically, who you had this great relationship with, but you're also trying to prop me up because I'm just a, a sack of emotions and just I have no idea what's going on. So tell me about what your week has been like and what you like have found has worked, hasn't worked. Uh, floor is yours.
Yeah, we're going to get into that part. I want to also bring in Nico for one second, because as Lori O'Toole, the O'Toole, as I call her, Mm -hmm. as she is texting you going through this, Nico is dealing with it real time. Now, Nico also has something going on. Now, Nico, we're not going to get way into it, but as my mother is dying and I'm Mm-hmm. a mess what's going on in your, in your life at that point uh well first first i'll i'll give a little bit of backstory leading up to it um about a week before my mom was at home by herself and she was standing in the kitchen doing some dishes and she looked out the window and she seen a man rooting around in her shed. So she started to yell at him being like, what are you doing? You have to get out of here. And the guy made up some story about how his cat was missing, but then it changed from a cat to a dog in the middle of the story and all this. And she went out front to make sure he was leaving and when she walked out the front door she saw a girl hide behind a car and my mom phoned me at that time and swore to me that she thought it was her sister and she wasn't sure but she thought it was her sister and then fast forward to a week later and my cousin shows up at my parents house um, we haven't heard from him for ooh, outside of outside of uh, a couple funerals. We hadn't heard from him for almost seven years. And the last time we heard from him, he was actually doing pretty well. He had struggled with addiction previously, and he was clean for going on five years at the time. So... Um, Seeing him show up at their door, uh, my parents were a little bit taken back. And uh, he then broke down the story that uh, he let his mom move in with him uh, about six months previous. And in those six months, he has now relapsed, been kicked out of his house, lost his job been uh, attacked several times by friends, quote-unquote, of his mother's, and uh, is now just basically wandering around the city, kind of waiting to die. And he finally, he he believed very strongly that uh, our grandparents that we had lost kept leading him in the direction of my parents' house, finally showed up there and told them they needed help and also told them that he is pretty confident that his mom is currently following him with her boyfriend with the intention of ending his life herself. So we... Um, currently are still in this situation where um, my cousin is at my parents' house understanding 
the brevity of everything and ha- the fact that he wants to fix his life and he is searching for a rehab facility that will take him far enough away from this situation and keep him for an extended period of time so he can actually correct himself. But uh, still currently actively struggling to find that and find the right location and also um, still seeing either his mom or her boyfriend in public places nearby my parents' house, seeming like they're waiting. They won't go near my parents' house because they know that's not going to end well for them. <laughs> they know that my if my mom were to get anywhere near either of them, I, I wish them the best because I think she'd put them in a coma probably. So they're they're aware of that. So they're staying at least that far away, but it seems like they're staying in the area and keeping an eye on my cousin to see if they have an opportunity. So as you can see, there's a lot going on. So when a pod is a little bit late, understand the producers, the editors, the writers, the the program directors, the marketing machine, you're looking at them. <laughs> what you see right here is the crew absolutely man it i just i've had a stressful year to say the least and just adding this on top of everything just i it it it, it's all happened so much that it almost feels like it's prepared me for this moment and Mm -hmm. that that always makes me even more nervous like if I if I've been prepared this much for this moment, how bad is this moment gonna get? And well, that's another story. Mm-hmm. For we have to. There's a lot yeah. to unpack there. But here's the thing that what I, what I want people to see is just the outpouring. Okay, I I understand. There are a lot of things going on in the world, right? But the the coming together of people, because I value Nico. Belinda values me. I value Belinda. Nico values below. Yeah, he values us both. The thing that I have wanted to talk about a little bit here, and it will probably be in the eulogy, is something that I want to make like a stand on on this pod today the self-worth of people needs to change Mm -hmm. my mother and Belinda will corroborate this story when we took her away from the hospital and brought her to hospice Mm -hmm. do you know what her immediate thought was Nico what he's going to send me away She had no worth. She thought that her last days were going to be in a facility. I've given my, this last year, Mm -hmm. I've given my life to her. Mm -hmm. Without 
question without no there's no resentment it was all love i would do it again i do it 20 times over i walk through fire to do it doesn't cause me any pain whatsoever but the thought that when i was taking her out of the hospital and telling her i'm taking you home you will never have to deal with this again her first thought was that I was going to put her in a facility because she could not accept unconditional love. Her worth was so low that she didn't, she was like, well, I don't have any use anymore. So he, he will discard me. This is an inevitability that my son will discard me. As we continue to go through this, I don't want anyone to feel that way. Not in my life, not in, if you hear the sound of my voice right now, you are worth your weight in gold. You are worth your weight in whatever the most priceless thing you can possibly think about. That is what you're worth. People will tell you you're not. I've talked to Nico about this because he's gone through it. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I am certain on is I want everybody around me to know how much I appreciate them, how much they mean to me. Not because you're doing something for me, not because oh, there's some sort of emotional transaction or the financial transaction or whatever the case may be. I just want you to know that you mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Everyone who comes in contact with me that on my like daily grind, they need to know how important they are. And I'm not I'm not waiting anymore. Yeah. I'm not waiting. I told my mother every single day how much I loved her. I told I, I showed it. I I I prepared meals. I I cleaned up feces off the floor when she got sick i i would have done anything for her it didn't make a difference for me but she couldn't see it and i don't want anybody to feel that way anymore um nico you and i had discussions about this um thoughts on thoughts on what she thought for that second and then like kind of you know how are you unpacking this now knowing Knowing some of the things you've gone through or going through right now, and like where do you feel like your like your worth, your value in yourself is at this present time? Uh, that that's something we've talked about several times that I I definitely struggle with myself. I I think to a certain extent, the type of things you're talking about, about showing other people their worth and making other people know how much they mean to you. That that's something I struggle with less. I I'm good at sharing my emotions because of my mother. And I have the ability to let others know what they mean to me. 
the valuing myself at the same level I value others at, though, is something I've repeatedly struggled with throughout my life and something that I'm I'm actively working on. You're, you're coaching me through it as well. But it it's definitely, I think everyone, to a certain extent, struggles with this. It's unless you're narcissistic on some level, it's something you have to overcome in your own life. Just like looking back and realizing that you're not a main character. You're a human being who makes mistakes. You just go through life as a normal person and you're doing your best and being able to acknowledge that and give yourself a break once in a while, even hearing the breaks that other people are giving you and taking it into your chest is incredibly important. So as much as, as as much as I I know that you guys shared your true feelings with her and how much you loved her. And I'm sure other people in the church did as well. I still deeply understand her struggle to realize that in herself because it's, it's something you have to fight for your whole life before being able to truly acknowledge it. Belinda, you saw the struggle for, yeah, I was about to hit you. You saw the struggle firsthand uh, with her. Um, As you went through this, uh, this basically last year, 10 months, however you want to put it, um, some of the things you saw, and then like, how do you think, what was some of the lessons that you may have taken out of this situation that maybe you will absolutely incorporate into your life now?
also at this point too, I wanna I wanna kinda because we can't do it like super like out in the open. Um Belinda, you know what my phone looks like every day. The outpouring um from the 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 sports community. There's some people who will listen to this podcast and they will know. They're actually in the midst of stuff right now that is very, very important to them. Um, have reached out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a, a friend of mine who is uh, works uh, for a team, and he works in the cap department. He's actually the, the lead cap guy. He's going through a lot right now. He took 30 minutes out of his day to see if I was all right. So what I'm trying to tell everybody is that it's that, it's that connection that that pulls us together. Devices and whatnot try to pull us apart a little bit. It can, it can with this medium, it can bring us together. You know, it, it can, it can give us this because this right here is important. And the other thing that I want to kind of talk about, and Belinda, you were. You knew about it at the end of it, and Nico kind of knew about it in the beginning, but what it turned out to be was kind of pretty amazing. Nico, how long have I been talking about trying to get my mom to podcast with me? Oh, oh, so, so long. <laughs> Maybe a year now, even. Okay. Um, unfortunately, her health never allowed us to do that. But six, seven weeks ago, my mother decided that she was going to have personal messages for people. Uh, I believe I am, I think I have like four or five more left. But uh, Nico, if you would like to share yours, I think it's important to the podcast that you, you know, if you would like to share or whatever, um, because this is something that she wanted to do literally in podcast form. Yeah. She had dreamed this, by the way, she produced this episode <laughs> by what she did for the last seven weeks of her life. So my mother had personal messages for people that, uh, at church, she had personal messages for people um, in our uh, building, uh, she had personal messages for long, um, long ago brothers that she hadn't seen in 53 years. And we'll get into that and why that is. Hadn't seen or really had a long gated conversation with her brother in 53 years. So, um Yeah. 
Um, if 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 it's hard for you, Nico, I understand. I just you know I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. These 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 messages, which were, I am absolutely astonished and amazed about how spot on every last message was to every person because she never shared this. Yeah. But in her days where she felt like, okay, I got to get my house in order. Mm -hmm. She emptied the tank, bro. She (laughs) emptied the clip. Yeah. So, um, you know, I can, I, can, honor. I yeah. can touch on on a few things. She uh, obviously showed support for our Pittsburgh Steelers and my my message. She had to. She had to. But uh, the two things I took away most from it. Um, the first one is is the thing that we're talking about pretty much exactly about not being hard on myself and letting my letting me forgive myself for some of the mistakes that I make and trying to bring me to narrow my focus more and the other thing I remember is her asking me to speak up on the podcast more so I guess I guess I'll I'll have to work on that but one other thing that came to me while you guys were talking through all this you guys are talking about how all these people have reached out and shown support and how much that meant to you. And you also talked about how she thought she was going to go in, into the home at the end and how heartbreaking that was for you guys. But you you talk about how she didn't really feel that unconditional love. I feel like in that moment when she realized she wasn't going to a home, she was coming home with you, she probably felt overwhelmed with that love. And I know when we first talked about the hospice care, you were thinking it might be months that she was in hospice. But as soon as it happened, pretty quickly after, she went so maybe she felt fulfilled with the love you guys showed her in that time to that. She meant that much to you that you are willing to ride it out with her till the very end. And that feels like a moment that would bring you peace and maybe helped her finally understand that unconditional love that hadn't been present in her life for so long. So I, I think you really gave her the peace that she needed in those final days. Absolutely. Yeah, I um, I feel good in a sense of what we did because it was good, and I felt I felt God's presence all through it. You know, I told my wife a lot. I was like, I'm not going to church, but I'm getting a lot of stuff that is just I I just seen this just. It seemed like my my vision mm-hmm. was widened and heightened. You know, it was just more. There's, it was more robust. Things were clearer. Things were slowed down mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I don't think I'm ever going back. 
I don't think I'm ever going back. I had a, somebody ask me a question or ask or was talking to me about some doing something else. Um, and I said, nah, Mm-mm. this is my purpose. This is what I kind of need to do. So, um, Belinda, she had something for you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, that's great.
you you mentioned telling her or her telling you to take care of Vince and him to take care of you that that was also featured in my message as well making sure that uh, I take care of Vince on the pod and help him because I know I know he's like me and we want to we want to do everything but we just got we just got to rationalize and pull it together sometimes. So I'm, I'm glad she saw that much in all of us. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that um, I actually told Nico this, like before we started this project, um, my mother was the spearhead of front runner podcast collective. She wanted it off the ground. She wanted it to be going before she left. (laughs) She knew her end was coming. And this was her last gift to me so it is now my gift to everyone else um nico and i have talked about this and belinda you know um what we're trying to do here at front runner podcast collective is uh bring people in who are who have passion Mm -hmm. who have interesting thoughts not just like Oh, this person's really bad at acting. Well, why are they? What or is it? They're not taking the right roles. Mm-hmm. We want a robust, full um, idea of whatever it is that you're talking about. It can't be just this is bad. I'm right. I'm gonna yell at you, mm-hmm. and we're out. We're trying to. We're trying to be a thoughtful podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. So the message for me was, I guess, a message for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Go be great. Mm-hmm. Love hard, love full. You know, take care of your people because they'll take care of you. And you seem to galvanize people you need you bring them together that was the word she used you bring them together so continue to do that don't 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 sell out um follow through Mm -hmm. and don't be an idiot 
I was also told not to be an idiot. Um, uh, I was told not to do that. Um, but the other thing that I want to talk about, and this is where I want to kind of, I'm sure we're going to have more and more because I want to dive more and more deep into this is we got to unpack it, man. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, um, we we crave being social. Could you imagine somebody beating the community, the trust, the patience, acceptance of love out of you? Could you imagine that? And then live with it for 50 plus years. Could you imagine what that is? <laughs> yeah. So, so what we're going to do um, as a podcast collective, my, my rallying cry for this particular podcast, this Friday podcast that is now staple, uh, I almost want to call it the Loretta Kern Memorial Podcast. <laughs> anyway, I, I was just about <laughs> to say it. I was just about to say it. Yeah. LCM. LCM podcast. Um, um, just, just the thought of us, more people sharing stories, uh, growing a community that is built on respect and acceptance and patience. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Discord or the thing that I had sent to you or whatever. Um, I want people to to talk about bravery. I want people to talk about overcoming odds. I want people and what, how they did it, and maybe it will help somebody else. Because what I hope at the end of this podcast, which yeah, there there is a lot of sadness still in my heart, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of hope. There's a lot of faith. And there's a lot of just firmness of this is what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of end it and, and kind of move on and get 
on with the rest of our day. Um, final thoughts, uh, Belinda, about any of this podcast, her death. Mm. Weird. I woke up I woke up so many times to like Charlie Manson and Ted Bundy like at three o'clock in the morning when I'm going pee. I'm like, okay, yo bro, like I don't even know how I'm gonna get this out of my head before I go back to sleep. So yeah. What the heck? Yo. The silence is thick in the house. Agreed. No, I got awesome people around me. Nico and the window of the stars here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm furniture. Yeah, and uh, he's deflecting now. We just talked about acknowledging your... Are you not listening to your own podcast? <laughs> no, no, I'm just playing. No, every, here's here's what I will say, though. No, hold on. Give me one this. One, give me one second. One, <laughs> one, one second. Here's what I do know. I pour everything in to people that are around me. Um, and the ones that I don't know, I at least try to 
give the olive branch to. Um, you, Belinda, have taught me to be softer and also slow down. Nico has opened up my mind in the sense of, okay, there's right, wrong, but there is this middle and feelings and perspectives and uh, um, experiences have a lot to do with where everybody kind of lies. And can we look at it from their point of view? Now, if their point of view is right, are we are we strong enough? Are we brave enough to go ahead and say we were wrong? And that is kind of the way to go through processes and what have you to make sure that this is the right way to go, right? Mm -hmm. And when it's not the right way to go, we can still accept that that person feels for them. That's their way. And we have to go a different way. Um, everybody's support has been fantastic towards, I definitely have needed it. There has been no question that any pods, any editing, any sort of productiveness has come from the fuel of the people who are around me constantly, even if it's not in a, like a physical form but in a text, phone call, mm -hmm. video medium, whatever the case may be. So I, I have felt everybody's love. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to um, give that love and time to other people. So I do thank you guys for all of your words. Nico, what is your thing? Oh, you guys, that's right. You guys, I'm sorry. I forgot you were here. This is really the two person podcast, Belinda. <laughs> Ow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There, there are certain names in my phone that Nico knows about. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, w one one number in particular has infiltrated our, our little group and, and called them young idiots and, and whatever the case may be because <laughs> they, they had a really bad take about something. But those, those numbers and those people in, in that phone um, have been a, a, a wealth of not just knowledge but a wealth of strength. Um, like again, 
I can't thank everyone enough for, especially some of the people that I know is I know what's going on right now. Yeah, and for them to really just you know take that time out and you know just man just checking in was mind blowing to me. You know I I can't really articulate how I feel about that, but uh, I will at some point. Um, Nico, yeah. what are your final thoughts on this week? Anything that you kind of gleaned from this? Uh, or something that you just want to tell the people? Uh, I would say, I, I would say this, I, I have gleaned a lot from the way you've taken this in stride. And I know a part of that has to do with the fact that you were preparing for it so much, but I've I've been in a position before where I was preparing for a death for a long period of time and I haven't been able to I guess stick to what matters and like the way you were so actively pursuing the thoughts of your mother as she was passing because it was going to be her last opportunity to get them out that's something that I really admired and really taught me a lot and is something I'm hoping to replicate if uh, if and when I end up in the same situation because I think that would have helped my mom a lot when her father passed away. And I I know so often she wants to go back and hear the words that he said, because they kind of had a a similar relationship to you guys, where they were very not close when she was younger. And as, as she aged, she moved out at like 15 years old. She built her, her whole life and he got sober and became a, a great man. And they had an excellent relationship later in her life. But I think Part of the problems is sometimes when she thinks back, she doesn't think enough about the great times and her mind gets drawn back to some of the parts of her childhood. And she still loves her dad and acknowledges the great change that he made in his life. But I don't know that she does enough acknowledging of how he felt about her at the end. And the way you pursued your mother's thoughts on all these things and with all these people is something I really hope to do towards the end and give my parents' voices that same strength in, in their final days. I I really admired that and I, I, I can't really thank you enough for teaching me that and showing me that. Uh, thank you <laughs> for that. Um, it was, we were just having a conversation one day mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, nothing is certain, mm-hmm. you know, and it just sparked this deal Yeah, and she was in on it. Mm-hmm. And the cool part is that there were points where she wasn't like, 
the brain was starting to slow down. I got to see parts of her childhood because of it. Mm-hmm. I would walk in and she couldn't hear. So I'd just listen and she'd be talking. And she would be playing out a scene from her life early. Wow. So I got to see young Loretta, 14-year-old Loretta, 16-year-old Loretta, 18-year-old. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of it, uh, which was great. Um, as we wrap up, <clears throat> um, something that I have told my wife um, and something that I'm just going to tell everyone who is listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and watching. That's right. Video. Yeah. We are video now. Yeah. yeah I, I, hey, it's new. It is. It's, a, it is. it's a new medium for us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are cared for, you are thought of, and you are loved. Um, I want everybody who hears my voice to know that. Um, we are we're open for business. Um, Frontrunner PC on Twitter, at Nico FRPC on Twitter, and Belinda, you need to change your Twitter. You, you do. You Why do. is it like, not like FRPC <laughs> and CFO of the company? I have no idea. Hey, 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 Vince, your Discord account is still QPPN Vince. So glass stones, glass stones. Oh, oh no, no, bro, you gotta help me. I have no idea, bro. I'm fifty. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I thought I had it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Fair. yeah, we're dealing with it. So. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. Super. I'm so washed. Oh. Yeah. Fair. Wow. Yeah. It's actually a good, healthy way of doing it. Just put on Twitter what you want, and then never look at it. Just yeah. don't look at it. Oh man. <laughs> Some people can handle it. Some people can't. Some people have tough skin. Some people don't. So I would, for those who don't, don't look at Twitter. You know, don't look at your, don't look at your comments. Just let it go. Just put it out into the world and just hey. <laughs> nope, don't do it. It's all bad. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. 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 Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I think she truly does realize that. I think it's, it's more so uh the rest of the family kind of um whenever she comes into contact with them they paint a different picture for her in her own head and then it kind of can make her spiral to a certain extent and when she gets reintroduced to those ideas sometimes it beats up on her well the other thing the other thing with that the other thing with that nico is is that something i've told you over and over again, mm -hmm. when my mom start started acting like Loretta, she was treated like Loretta. Yeah, you know, not in a mean way, but just in a way of saying, "Hey, hey, we don't we don't talk to people that way, or we don't we don't say those type of mm -hmm. things because those are hurtful things." Yeah, and again, um, again, she's good at that. She's good at cutting the wire when people are being shitty, but that doesn't mean what they say doesn't stick. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Exactly. And again, that's where I want to bring this. That's where I want to bring this. Exactly. In your life, yeah. Listen, it's never always going to be perfect, but the one thing we can control is the value that we bring to each other, right? Like, if I'm sitting here and I'm telling Nico, hey, you know, all your episodes are trash, da 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 da, that's not going to make him feel good. His episodes are great. Uh, you know, other things that we work on. Yeah. We're always working on things because that's how we get better. Yeah. But I'm never going to demean Nico for my desired result. Yeah. I'm going to value Nico, cultivate Nico mm -hmm. for the desired result because I actually care about him as a person. Yeah. I care about his psyche, his mind, his brilliance, his soul, his aspirations, his fears, all of that. I care about all of that. People have a hard time having a full, robust relationship nowadays. Yeah. Maybe because it's all the technology we have. Maybe I sound like a completely old man, dawdling, get off my line or whatever. But at the end of the day, I do believe that we... There's certain parts of the relationship that we never really kind of grow. And I, that we say, well, we got this one good thing. We got this one kernel that is so good. We'll just spam mm -hmm. this. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not sustainable because it's one piece of a, of a tapestry. It's one piece of a book. It's one piece of a, you know, a, a computer program. Yeah. It's it's not full. And when that one thing doesn't is not as good as it used to be, what do you have left? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So try to build valuable, robust relationships. I don't look at Nico or, you know, I mean, Melinda, you know how I feel about you, like in a sense of like how much I love you, how much I, you know, value your opinion um how much i 
ask of of you on certain things and i try to do the same thing with nico in the sense of where he needs to know that he's loved cared for and thought of mm-hmm. then we can work on the business part of it right yeah. See, that's what i'm trying to get at is like everybody's a number in these corporations and all this other stuff and we we're now treating people because we see them on Twitter and it's like, oh, I don't care what you're thinking about. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's a human being on the other side that you just type that 160 soliloquy to. Mm-hmm. That now that person is feeling bad about themselves. Why would you want somebody to feel bad about themselves? Mm-hmm. What What do you gain from that? Mm-hmm. And that's right. Yep. So with all of that, that is being said, obviously we have a lot more to talk about. And we will expand this podcast more. Uh, look for on this feed, Fridays will be it will be items like this. It won't be heavy all the time. We will have fun. Um, we're trying to effort. There's another individual. I don't know if they're lurking in the background, but there's a certain other individual that I'm trying to get on this podcast. Uh, the pressure, the pressure is on. Peer pressure is happening right now on the podcast live. So it's going to be great. It will be on <laughs> video as well. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll be having a meeting with them this weekend. So yeah, oh, I was talking about somebody who lives with you, bro. So I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man, uh, the person who lives with me, I if she didn't if she didn't leave, she she ended up having to go see her sister. She was going to be on this episode as well. Uh, Okay, all right. Um, I guess right now that is going to wrap up this one. The one thing that I want to leave everybody with is that, um, uh, this is the type of stuff that you'll get on Friday. Um, some will be dating. Some will be how to maybe manage your, your apps and like maybe unplug. Some will be how some of the people are, you know, young people are going through the workforce now because they look at it differently than somebody my age and things of that nature. We're going to have a lot of stuff that we're going to unpack. Hit us with suggestions at uh, at FrontRunnerPC on Twitter or at NicoFRPC on Twitter for that as well. Um, Ma, we love you. Uh, we This podcast is dedicated to you. Um, we are going to take your spirit and uh, infuse it into this particular part of the podcast. 
Um, thank you for everything you have given me over the last year. This year has meant a lot to me as a person. Um, it has meant to, a lot to me as a son, um, and it has let it has meant a lot to me as a man. Um, I know how to love my wife. I know how to love uh, other people around me because of this. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have loved as um, as good as I possibly could without having this experience. So let's put it that way. Um, rest in peace, baby girl. We love you so much. And we hope that uh, Jen was up there, your dad was up there, and everybody else that you wanted to see was up there. And um, with that being said, does anybody have any other final thoughts that we need to get off? Just giving all all my love to Loretta as well as you two. Um, I, I'm incredibly grateful for everything she did to push you to this point because it's it's also helped kickstart my career and helped me in more ways than I can count. So uh, thank you so much, Loretta. And I, I really hope you're resting peacefully. I'm sure I have a few family members who checking up on you as well. And to all the people that listen to us, uh, we thank you for listening to this special uh, episode of FRPC uh, Life Pod. And uh, be good to yourself this weekend. And if there is a legacy play, if you want to carry on um, my mom's spirit, go through your phone, find somebody you haven't talked to in about four to six months. And just reach out to them and just tell them how much you appreciate them and you love them because uh, those opportunities do dwindle as we get older. So uh, like my wife always says, if not now, when? So with that being said, we will close out this podcast and we will see you back on this feed at least Monday unless all kinds of stuff breaks loose and the Lakers go down 3-0. I don't know what kind of emotional state I'll be in at that point, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so for the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and for this podcast, the Canadian son, Loretta Curran, also my rock uh, the rock star of last Saturday, Belinda Carter. I am Vince, and we will see you soon. <laughs>